Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey Jonathan, how's it going? Amy, I'm a little bit tired. This was a busy week. It definitely was a busy week. Last week was a slow news week and we knew that we were getting ready for a big one. Yes. So we don't have a lot of news this week. We just had big news because we had the EC. It's all the same. This it's all, it all comes yeah. from the same place. Yes. Yes. yes, it all it all does. It's, so there's a lot from one source, but only like really three stories this week that we're going to cover. It's just that there's so much coming from the executive committee meeting this week. And what a meeting it was, Amy. It was very hectic, I'll say that, probably more for us than it used to be. You know, we used to go to the EC meeting and you just kind of go and sit, probably, watch she says, everything. Probably yes. more hectic. Probably, you know, a little bit. Uh, so it was a... It was a jam-packed schedule, that's for sure. But a great, a great experience, and really good to be back together with everyone. Yes, it was. So this is really—I mean, we kind of mentioned it last week. It was the first kind of big SBC-wide meeting that we've seen in a year since this it, meeting it last was. year, and it was really well done. I thought in the, uh, you know, as you as you look at the COVID nineteen protocol, we were doing temperature checks. We had stickers saying that you'd gotten your temperature checks. People wearing masks. People distancing. Seats were spaced apart. I mean, it was that's right. Everything that you could have hoped for on a COVID safety level uh, it was was met. Yes. Uh, one of my favorite things was sort of the awkwardness that would come when y- you're seeing all these people that you haven't seen in a year because maybe you've done Zoom calls with them, but you haven't actually seen them. And we now live in this world where handshakes and hugs and, and things like that aren't really happening. So you would walk up to someone and you're not really sure if they're doing like the elbow thing or fist pump or what whatever so you kind of try one they'd go for the other that was it was just kind of fun to figure out you're seeing folks for the first time people that we normally might see four or five times a year and then we're kind of trying to figure out how to greet each other that happened to me several times yes it was really good to see all of our friends from around the southern baptist convention yes one one of the more relaxing moments was when keith and i because he was here, he, or he was at the meeting for some some things he had, and both of us were very busy. But we got a few minutes to just sit down. There were some seating areas there at the at the hotel, just to sit down and catch up. And we sat down and started talking. And all of a sudden, I realized this is the one person in this meeting that I can take my mask off while I'm talking to him. So, because uh, no one else was around, so I got a break for for just a second, you know. So that was kind of nice. Yeah. It was, it was. So uh, well done to everybody involved in that meeting. It was a lot of moving pieces and things seemed to work out pretty smoothly. So it was, it was a good meeting and uh, our team had a lot to do in that. Of course, the live stream that went off uh, pretty much without a hitch for those watching at home. A lot of people able to check that out and view that Monday night session as well as that Tuesday afternoon session. And we will get to that news and what happened in those sessions Right after we thank our good friends over at Southwestern, I had a chance to see a lot of the Southwestern contingent here in Nashville this week. And and as always, each and every week, SBC This Week is sponsored by Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, where you can get the theological training and the hands-on experience you need to thrive in ministry. Wherever and however God is calling you to serve the church and fulfill the Great Commission, Southwestern offers a degree path to equip you. 
Whether you're pursuing a bachelor, master's, or doctoral degree, Southwestern Seminary is here to walk alongside you as you live your calling. You can find out more at swbts.edu. All right, Amy, Monday night, big night. We had uh, Dr. Floyd as well as President J.D. Greer uh, speaking, and uh, J.D. had a, a speech followed by Dr. Floyd's rollout of Vision 2025. Monday night typically is a more, I would say a more inspirational night or more of a sort of vision casting night. Not a lot of business is happening. The only, the only business that happened on Monday night was after Vision 2025 was presented in a sense relaunched after the, the last year that, that we've experienced that we just didn't anticipate that it was voted on and affirmed. But otherwise, it really is a night where there are a lot of just addresses, opportunities to create some momentum, particularly in the February meeting as we look toward the annual meeting. So then Tuesday is more of your business-oriented session. But Monday night, everyone's come back from dinner and they sit down. And the first address was from SBC President J.D. Greer. And that was, uh, and, and that definitely got a lot of attention, lots of people watching the live stream. And we had a ton of people watching it later, uh, if I, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Both of so, them. I, I would highly recommend you go see JD's and Dr. Floyd's as well. So sit both of them. We've got them. There's two stories each. I think there was a story that night of, and then we have kind of a first person from both of them later in the week. Basically, the speech kind of in a nutshell version, an edited and condensed down version uh, from both Dr. Floyd and JD over at Baptist Press. And in both of those stories, you can watch the video at the bottom. So we, we That's right. took out the That's video right. from the live stream, re-uploaded it into those stories, and you can watch those. Right. So they both were really trying to cast vision toward the future, call people to be united, especially after the year that we have had. And then Dr. Floyd sort of pointed people back to Vision 2025. Yeah, so Vision 2025, just a refresher for you. Uh, if you want more information on that, sbc.net slash Vision 2025. Uh, but uh, there are five goals. One is 500 more missionaries. One is 5,000 more congregations. One is to call out the called, uh, which is a kind of an emphasis on raising up our leaders of tomorrow. Another is the baptism rate that we've looked at, trying to reverse that trend for 12 to 17-year-olds, so uh, really reaching youth, a youth emphasis. We'll talk about something that was announced during that point here in just a minute. And then the fifth point and fifth goal of Vision 2025 is a turnaround of the cooperative program, setting us on a trajectory for $500 million a year or more in total cooperative program giving. But as I mentioned, that fourth goal, uh, there was a special announcement from NAM, who will be basically earmarking $5 million over the next four years to go directly to reaching students in North America. Yeah, this was a big, a big announcement. And Johnny Hunt was actually on site to share this exciting news. Everyone, I think, is just thrilled to be a part of this and to think through not just saying we want to turn this around, but that we're going to really put resources behind it. Yes, absolutely. Committing to doing that. So that was Monday night. And that brings us to the business on Tuesday. Kind of the big business coming out of that was the report from the Credentials Committee, uh, which the SBC Executive Committee approved the disfellowship of four churches, two churches which are LGBTQ affirming and two registered sex offenders as pastors. 
That's right. So again, the credentials committee brings recommendations to the executive committee uh, that are connected to any questions that might be out there about whether or not a church is in friendly cooperation with the SBC. So the credentials committee is established just to look at the readily available information and to, de- to decide if they need to make a recommendation to the executive committee based on what they have. So they're not there to make judgment, you know, in one way or the other on individuals or on, you know, anything. They're simply there to to try and answer the question, is this a church that's in friendly cooperation according to the standards we have? And do we know for sure that this reaches the point that we know we, we can recommend it? So they do that. That happens in executive session. So the folks who are are outside of the room, folks who are not on the executive committee or the leadership staff that that is there on hand, they they don't hear the entire report. They just hear what is decided when they come back just because of the need for confidentiality, perhaps in some of these discussions. So that's a, a, a norm for these reports. But then the executive committee really owns the decision. They take what the credentials committee brings to them and they, they decide, yes, you know, we stand behind this or, or no. So in this situation, they decided these four churches. So as you said, there were two town view, which is in Kennesaw, Georgia and uh, St. Matthew's Baptist church, which is in Louisville, Kentucky. Those were both disfellowshipped specifically for really, uh, it, it was really about their membership standards. And I've heard a lot of questions about this, about people wondering, why kind of drawing the line at welcoming people into their churches. This, this is not about welcoming everyone to come into your church, to be a part uh, um, to be in your service, to hear the message of the gospel, things like that. Uh, I would say we we want all of our churches to be welcoming everyone uh, to come in. This was specifically about membership policies and membership of those who maybe actively living a homosexual lifestyle uh, or have an opportunity for leadership within their congregation. It was specifically about that sort of level of church membership. And the SBC constitution is pretty clear on this one because they give that example in article three that says churches, which act to affirm endorse or approve of homosexual behavior would not be considered in friendly cooperation. Well, at this stage, the credentials committee is only tasked to say, just to decide based on the principles that are already there and the constitution is there. So that's what they were doing with those. And then the other two were about, as you said, churches who knowingly had uh, people that had been convicted of uh, sex offenses uh, on, on their staff. And so the executive committee had already drawn that same line last year with Ranchland Heights in Texas. And so there were two more. So those four churches are St. Matthew's Baptist Church in Louisville, Kentucky, Antioch Baptist Church in Sevierville, Tennessee, Townview Baptist Church in Kennesaw, Georgia, and Westside Baptist Church in Sharpsville, Pennsylvania. In other business, the EC members voted Pastor Ron Edwards of First Baptist Church of Hamilton, Washington, to fill the Northwest vacancy for the Committee on Nominations. 
Also, Kathy Litton, you remember she stepped down as SPC Registration Secretary, and Don Currents has been voted on to replace her in all duties assigned to that position in June for the annual meeting. The URLC Task Force report was also presented by Chairman Mike Stone to the committee, and they had some question and answer time for that, but uh, no other action was taken on that task force report. Also, LifeWay brought forth some changes to their missions and ministry statements. Those were approved by the executive committee and will go to the messengers at the 2021 SBC annual meeting. Uh, The amendments to those stipulate that LifeWay would no longer be responsible for the operation of conference centers since they no longer have those. Uh, LifeWay Christian stores since they no longer have those. Uh, Also, uh, assistance to Christian schools, homeschool ministry, church architecture consultation, and services or assistance in capital fundraising. So those were approved by LifeWay trustees last month, approved by the EC now, and go to the annual meeting in June. Two more pieces of business. Uh, One was the formation of a task force to be named at a later date by Chairman Rob Showers of the Committee on Missions and Ministry uh, to study polity issues in the Southern Baptist Convention are related to trustee misconduct. So uh, they'll take a look at that and hopefully get a report back soon on that. And then also the approval of the SBC calendars for 2022, 3, 4, 5, and 6. So that was done by the Committee on Southern Baptist Relations. Also, a budget was put forth for next year in the cooperative program uh, budget for the SBC. Uh, that's the national side of things. For $190 million, that does include a $200,000 earmark for Vision 2025. So uh, that's our CP number for next year, Amy, $190 million. That will go to the convention for approval as well in June. So uh, that, that's just kind of the standard business practice for the, uh, the February meeting. That gets approved in February by the EC, approved in June by the convention. So no changes to the allocation percentages or breakdown in that. All right. It's a busy, busy week. Yes, it was a lot. It was a lot. You know who it was also busy for this week? Who? Nathan Lorick. Oh, nice Good friend of the pod. Good friend of the pod, Nathan Lorick, elected to succeed Jim Richards as the SBTC executive director. Moving to Texas. Lorick will assume that role in April of 2021. So uh, that's uh, they're going to have a three-month overlap. So he'll kind of be there for 90 days. So that means by the end of June, uh, Nathan Lorick will be official as the new executive director of the SBTC. So congrats to Nathan. Congratulations. All right. And uh, staying in Texas, uh, we, we talked a little bit last week about the, the crazy cold weather that came through Nashville, and we mentioned that it had also really been affecting those in Texas. Well, Dwight McKissick, a well-known Southern Baptist pastor in the Arlington area, he, uh, he had some really rough damage to his house, and Southwestern has stepped in, Amy. Yeah, this is really neat. So they were obviously a lot, I mean, of course, a lot of people we know had power outages and things. Well, the McKissicks were waiting they they were at a hotel so that they could be sort of near you know near their home but not there so they could could have power and they were waiting for the lights to come back on so they could go home well then they learned that the pipes had burst in their home and of course we heard a lot of people i mean some folks that i know had that and they couldn't actually go back into their home because of the flooding so they obviously temporarily homeless and Dwight had a meeting 
with set up with Ken Hemphill and he had to cancel it. So this is the former president of Southwestern had to cancel it. And Dr. Hemphill called Dr. Greenway just to let him know, which then kind of kicked this into gear. And Dr. Greenway called Dwight McKissick, offered prayers, offered, you know, encouragement, but then also offered housing so that they didn't have to continue staying in this hotel. And so they really are able to stay there with no, at no expense as long as they need it, as long as they're uh, without housing. And that, that's really neat. It also says that more than 40 families have relocated to the Riley Center. So it's, it's really kind of a special thing that they have helped students, faculty, staff, a family in the neighborhood, uh, because a lot of folks have long lasting damage. Yes. Yes. And, and you know what this means, Amy? What's that? The dome is his home. Oh, well played. And you know what? All of our friends of the pod at Southwestern Seminary just gave you a high five for that. Yep. High five back. So, yeah. So that really cool of them to do that for Dwight and those other families. So 40 families, man, that's that's really stepping up and really helping people out. They've got the room for it. So it's a, a great thing for them to do that and really help out those in need in the area. So uh, that's going to do it for our news this week. And bring us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. All right, we're going to go to 1963 to an announcement that came after the executive committee meeting. Okay. And uh, it was in anticipation of the annual meeting. And we may have talked about this before. I don't know. There's always lots of committees that are out there. But they passed some bylaw changes in 1963 at the executive committee meeting that would be put before the 63 convention. And those changes would do away with a committee. And it was called the committee on time, place and preacher. We've talked about this committee before. Not not the doing away with it, but we talked about it before. We were talking about why we thought we should be on that committee because that's a fun committee. Oh, that's right. I do remember that. We have too many of these conversations. They all run together. Well, 1963 is when they actually, they actually just made it go away. So the lead in that story was the committee on time, place, and preacher may draw its last breath at the 1963 Southern Baptist Convention, and so they would. They would set the dates, they would choose the place, and they would recommend the preacher. And so in 1963 was when they moved it to say that time and place would actually come from the executive committee. And then the recommendation for on the preacher would come from the Committee on Order of Business, which it still does. Now, the executive committee was already involved in the time and place. It actually uh, said that they already recommended sites to the Committee on Time, Place, and Preacher. So so they were trying to cut out the middleman. But then if they cut out the middleman on the Committee on Time and Place, then you just have Committee on Preacher. And that's really... That's really a lot to ask folks. I mean, this is in the Do day. We not really, I mean, we don't need eight people to decide one preacher, right. right? Yeah. Right. So they just they just made it made it go away. So those folks that gave of their time, gave of of their energy of their place and of their preacher. That's right. That's right. To serve on this committee. Uh it all came to an end in nineteen sixty three. 
this week in SBC history. Oh, man. If we could bring that back, though. Actually, we don't need to bring it back because it's it's really redundant. So yeah, it's right. it seems like one of those committees that probably had been around since the formation of the convention. Well, and, and you, we yeah. needed that, and then it's like then the EC came along, then we refined our business process. And it's right. like guys, we really don't need these folks. It's because you just had all really these reason. like groups of people that were doing yeah. different things, and then as the executive committee came into play, like you said, they were able to to do it on a more regular basis, but. There you go. Well, and it so. probably also got a lot more uh, convoluted. It's not the right word, but a lot more um, logistically challenging for a right. group of people to pick the time and place when you've got people that are actually working over here and the, the event's getting bigger and bigger. So right. it's one thing to find, hey, we need somewhere in Nashville to host 500 people. Okay, the Ryman can do it on these two dates. Sweet. We'll be at the Ryman. Well, then yes. the convention gets bigger and bigger. And by the way, the Ryman's held three times. Is that right? Our good friend Allison so. Young says three times. So a uh, friend of the pod, Allison Young, she sent out something the other day, said three times. So it's been three times it's been in the Ryman. So, um, so you know, you just book a, a book a venue. You don't really need it a lot. And then you get to the 50s. And remember, we talked about train cars in Memphis. Things are getting bigger. We're going to San Francisco. We don't have places to stay. We're trying to do hotels. I don't know how they did hotels like through the mail. That that right there just must have been an absolute nightmare. But anyway, um, yeah, it just got unwieldy, I guess, for a committee. And now you need like staff to do it. So it got moved to the EC. So and here we are now. You know, Amy, we might get to help pick the time and place and preacher. Maybe not the preacher, but time not and the place. preacher. That's not. Let Let's be clear. That's not our role. Yep. But maybe, maybe, just maybe, San Antonio, uh, we can pick the the place in the future. Perhaps you know it's it gets getting a lot. It gets a lot harder to pick. I don't mean to pick the place. I mean there aren't that many to choose from. As Amy, as there's fifty states. But there's there are rules. Hundreds there are of rules cities. about there I are know, rules I about know. it has to be able to hold this many people. It has to have hotels within a certain yeah. radius, like all of that stuff. And the more you do that and you start you're narrowing looking, things down. Right. Yeah. And you're looking in a specific window, there's just not that many cities. You wanna know what I think is actually the best city for for that? And is actually the one city that I haven't been to in SBC in. I've been to plenty of other e- events in it, but is the one city. Indianapolis. Absolutely. Indianapolis. Well, guess is one what? Of, it's coming. We're going. It's coming. Yes. So in just a couple of years. 24. It's coming. Amy. Three years. Yes. So we got Nashville, Anaheim, Charlotte, Indy, Dallas, Orlando, Salt Lake. And then there you I go. think back in Indy in 28. Indy, for those who haven't been to Indy, it's just like it is the perfect convention city. Just the way the hotels are all located around the convention center and the skywalks that go so you don't have to deal with crossing the street. Okay. It's it's good well, stuff. Indy in June sounds a lot better than Phoenix in June. Let's just throw that out there. This is true. This okay. is true. Yes. Good. Yes. So, all right. Okay, well, that brings us to our resources of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is? Um, It is the Easter Bible study from Lifeway Women. 
So they oh. had a, an Advent okay. Bible study. They have an Easter one, though. It's called Behold Your King, and it focuses on the events and deeper theological meaning of the Passion Week. And uh, these these study books by Lifeway Women, which bring in a lot of uh, a lot of the ladies on their team, sharing the responsibilities, writing different writing different you know sessions in it. They're just really good and a great thing to do on your own or to do with a group. And so I just wanted to throw that out there because it's probably about time to put that order in if you're interested. All right. Very cool. So. I'm, I've got an Easter one too, Amy. Um, mine is the live stream of the Andrew Peterson Easter Monday concert from the Ryman. And that's going to be awesome. Yes. Yes, it is. I wish I could go to that in, um, in person, but. Well, I mean, nothing's stopping you, Amy. There's planes from Nashville to Raleigh every day. I guess, I guess I could, but I probably will have to watch the live stream. Yes, but I'm going to watch the live stream unless I get tickets. I don't think I'm going to go in person just because that's a work day. So who knows? Right. But live stream that thing seven o'clock at night. I'm telling you, I, I went to when they did this kind of Easter Monday thing for the first time two years ago, and it was at Grace Community Church here in Nashville over in Brentwood, and Parker and I went, and we sat right in the front, and we were mesmerized, and it was incredible. And if you've seen Behold the Lamb of God, it's very similar to that, but instead of Behold the Lamb of God in the second half of the show, it's Resurrection Letters, Prologue, and Volume right. 1. So Amazing amazing little so concert there. I saw he came to Greensboro and did an Easter concert. It was kind of an Easter tour with Audrey Assad a, f- a few years back. And it wasn't quite the show that has really developed at the Ryman now, but it was a lot of the, the same songs. And it was a really great experience to hear him live at that time. You're very used to doing it at Christmas time, but now bringing in the Easter component really special. Yes. So I highly recommend that. That's going to be incredible. And I love the, the resurrection letters of volume one, two and the prologue. They're my playlist this time of year. So highly recommend that Andrew Peterson live from the Ryman on Monday, April 5th. That's the Monday after Easter seven o'clock live stream. So, or if you want to go in person, you can do that too, but seven o'clock live stream on Monday, April 5th. All right. Well, I'll definitely put that on my calendar. Yes, please do. I I have it on mine already. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our show this week. It's been a busy week. I know we've had a lot going on, a lot going on around the SBC as well. And uh, Amy, we're we're just kind of getting cranked up now with uh, our meeting. That means we've got other trustee meetings that are coming down the line here. We'll be hearing from all over the SBC shortly. So that's going to do it for us this week. See you next week. See you next week. See you next week.